Abdul Ghaffar Mosque is a unique mosque right in the heart of Singapore city. This eclectic building is a strong symbol of the Muslim community. Today, we're going to go on a tour of this building. I'll show you the unique architectural features of the building, introduce you to the basics of the Islamic faith, and give you a good overview of the history of the Muslim community in Singapore. Hi, I'm Ilun. Thanks for downloading this episode of Ilun Audio Tours. This podcast offers reviews, tours, news, and commentaries about Singapore. Travelling through Singapore just got easier. Before we move on, let me just take a minute to appeal to you. Please subscribe to this show on iTunes. It'll be great if you'll help rate this podcast and leave your review while you're there. Help spread the word. Thanks. Please, and if you like the show, send me feedback at universalssfan at gmail.com. That is U-N-I-V-E-R-S-A-L-S-S-F-A-N at gmail.com. Or leave a comment at the blog at iluntours.tk. And now, on to the show. Disclaimer and warning. This audio guide is designed to accompany you while you visit the location. Use this guide with discretion. Always be prepared for renovations and the shifting of artifacts. Most importantly, be flexible. Ask a local for directions. Singaporeans speak English as our native language. We are visiting a religious monument today, so take special caution to observe and respect the various guidelines at the mosque. Be prepared to remove your footwear. Try to keep as quiet as possible and remember to always respect the worshippers. It will also be recommended to avoid wearing clothing that exposes too much of the flesh, so no miniskirts, no bare shoulders, and so on. Now, dive to the location. Abdul Ghaffar Mosque is located on 41 Dunlop Street, and the nearest MRT station is Little India. Check out the map on our website for more details, that is iluntours.tk. We'll start this tour at the gate of the mosque on Dunlop Street. Abdul Ghaffar Mosque is one of the many mosques in Singapore. Singapore is home to a variety of religions, including Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, and Judaism. The Muslim community in Singapore has a long history, and it is an active and vibrant community. On today's tour, we're going to get a peek into the Muslim community of Singapore. As the road traffic over here might be heavy, I'll be keeping this introduction short, and we will now proceed into the mosque compound. Now, you will see a row of shoes right beyond the entrance to the mosque. You will have to remove your footwear and place your footwear uh, along with the other shoes in order to proceed uh, further into the complex. Uh, the removal of your footwear is actually more of a practical requirement than a religious one. As Muslim worshippers kneel and touch their heads uh, on the carpet, hence it is important to keep the floors clean. 
The ground of the complex is swept many times a day, so you don't have to worry about dirtying your feet. You may also wish to wash your feet either now or once you finish the tour and return. At the small washing area to the left uh, of the entrance. After you have removed your footwear, you can sit on one of the benches to the right as I tell you more about the mosque and about the Islamic faith. The Islamic faith is one of the three main Abrahamic religions of the world and has a considerable following worldwide. Abrahamic religions are religions emphasizing and tracing their common origin to the prophet Abraham. Judaism and Christianity are the other two main Abrahamic religions. These three religions share many similarities uh, with many common basic tenets such as the belief in monotheism. The history of Islam started around 500 CE. Muhammad, a trader in the Middle East, reputedly experienced a series of divine revelations that he believed to be from God, or Allah in Arabic. Muhammad soon went about Arabia preaching to the people and gained a huge following. In the centuries following Muhammad's death, the Islamic faith expanded exponentially. Not only did it uh, encompass the whole of Arabia, it also reached the northern coast of Africa and also made its way to the southern tip of Spain. And this is also where our story starts. With the expansion of the global trade network, many trade routes were created between the east and the west. Singapore was an important port of call for these trade routes, and many Arabic merchants would stop in Singapore to rest and to replenish the supplies. This resulted in the spread of the Islamic faith to Singapore and to the rest of the Malay archipelago. And soon enough, many pockets of Muslim communities were springing up in this area. Well, this was well before the time of Raffles and the British colonialism of Singapore. Singapore was only a small fishing port back then. The Malay royalties were actually the ones that were the most devout converters of Islam. And they were the ones who made Islam the de facto faith of their empire. Therefore, the Malay community residing in the region, which are all considered as subjects of the Malay royalties, soon all became Muslim. This mosque, the Abdul Ghaffar Mosque is located in an area known as Kampong Kapoor, which was an active business hub for Indian merchants and those who worked at the old race course at Farrer Road. The mosque on this side was originally a building with timber partitions and a tout roof known as Masjid al Abra, built in 1846 to serve the religious needs of the South Indian Muslim merchants and the Bewanis and horse trainers residing in Kampong Kapoor. The old timber and tiled roof building began to age with time and the new mosque, the one that you see today, was constructed in 1907 in an eclectic fusion of different architectural styles.
Now, let's take a closer look at the building. This is a single-story building built in a fusion of the Southern Indian and the Moorish styles. Notice the four slightly taller towers at the corners of the building. The four slightly taller towers at the corners are actually called minarets and were traditionally used to call the Muslims to prayer. The building is built around a green and white colour base with yellow highlights. The building is also decorated with many smaller towers, each topped with a symbol of the crescent moon. Now let me tell you a little bit more about the Islamic faith. The Islamic faith has five different basic tenets, called the five pillars of Islam. They are Kalima, Salat, Zakat, Swam of Ramadan, and Hajj. Don't worry if they sound foreign to you. I'll explain. The first pillar, Kalima, is the basic premise of Islam, and that is the declaration of the existence of a single God, Allah. Muslims chant the following statement during prayer, which goes, I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah, and Muhammad is servant and messenger. This chant is repeated five times a day during the five prayer times. And this leads us to the second pillar of Islam, which is Salat. Salat is basically the Islamic prayer. And as mentioned earlier, Muslims pray five times a day in the morning, noon, afternoon, dusk, and night. Worship to Muslim is a solidary act. And this can be carried out anywhere kneeling in the direction of Mecca. The third pillar of Islam is that of Zakat which is the practice of charitable giving by Muslims to the less fortunate. The fourth pillar of Islam is Swam of Ramadan, and that is the ritual fasting for the month of Ramadan, whereby the believer cleanses his soul through fasting from dawn to dusk. Lastly, it is the Hajj, which is a pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca, uh, an event that a Muslim should go on at least once in a lifetime. So, the five basic pillars of Islam, just to recap, are uh, the belief in a singular God, five daily prayers, the giving of alms, fasting during Ramadan, and a pilgrimage to Mecca. Now, Mecca is actually the holy city uh, equivalent uh, of the uh, Islamic faith. And this is actually where Islam faith first originated. All Muslims pray in the direction of Mecca. If you observe carefully, this mosque is actually uh, off-center with regards to the layout of the street. It is not parallel to the street grid, nor to the shop houses around it. This mosque, like most other mosques, actually orientated towards the direction of Mecca. Uh, after you have uh, appreciated the building, we will now move on and I'll show you more about the architecture. Now walk towards the front facade of the mosque and stand over there. 
I'll meet you there. Now, at the front facade of the building, you will immediately notice a gigantic sundial decorating the main entrance. Uh, and it has 25 rays decorated with Arabic calligraphy, denoting the 25 names of the chosen prophets. This form of sundial is unique and one of the kind, and this is the only one that exists in the Islamic world. Now, you'll notice that the color green is present as a motif throughout the building. The color green is a symbolic color in the Islamic faith. Uh, legends has it that Prophet Muhammad's tribe used green on their flags. In the Quran, it is said that the inhabitants of paradise wear green garments of fine silk. In fact, the color green is so deeply associated with the Islamic faith that Christian crusaders avoided using any green in their coat of arms so that they would not possibly be mistaken for their Muslim opponents uh, in the heat of the battle. Another key feature of the facade is the presence of the stars on the wall and the crescent moon at the towers. The star and the crescent predates Islam actually, and it wasn't until the Ottoman Empire that the crescent moon and the star became affiliated with the Muslim uh, world. When the Turks conquered Constantinople, uh, current day Istanbul, in uh, 1453, they adopted the city's existing flag and symbol, which is that of the uh, crescent moon and star. Legend has it that the founder of the Ottoman Empire, Osman, had a dream in which the crescent moon stretched from one end of the earth to the other. Taking it as a good omen, he chose to cap the crescent and make it the symbol of his dynasty. After centuries of Islamic Ottoman rule, uh, the crescent and the star became closely associated with the Islamic faith, although they are not the official symbols uh, of the Islamic faith. Now, look at the exterior of the building. You'll notice many Corinthian columns supporting the structure. These Corinthian columns are actually elements taken from the neoclassical Greek architecture and can be distinguished by their flowery capitals, uh, with the capital being the place where the column meets the ceiling. The openings around the building are marked by the Cinquefoy arches. Cinquefoy arches are essentially arches with five folds and originated from Gothic architecture. Abdul Ghaffar Mosque is therefore truly a mishmash of various architectural styles, and this highlights the status of Singapore as a melting pot of cultures. We will now proceed into the interior of the building. We're now in the prayer hall, if you just enter from the front uh, entrance. And the prayer hall is a highly sacred place in the uh, entire complex. Look around and soak in the atmosphere. Observe the carpets on the floor, the intricate designs of the wall, and the low lighting in this hall. This is created to provide the most conducive environment for worship. Believers line the carpet during worship 
and kneel in unison following the chant of their spiritual leader. It is really quite a sight to behold. This main prayer hall is actually only used by the males, and females have a separate prayer hall to the side. This is believed to prevent distraction and help both genders focus entirely on the worship. Uh, on the opposite wall, if you are standing at the uh, entrance, on the opposite wall, which is the wall uh, most uh, in, inwards, uh, is uh, the mirab, which is a small uh, semicircular niche uh, that is facing the direction of Mecca. In certain sessions, a minbar, which is a small podium of sort, will be placed in front of the mirab, which, from which the leader of the prayer will address the congregation. We will now respectfully make our way out of the prayer hall towards the sheltered area to the left. I hope you're now at the passageway. Uh, the passageway uh, is covered by a piece of green um, plastic uh, canopy. Uh, if you're there, we are now continuing. Recall what you just saw in the prayer hall. There were no figures or icons to worship in the hall, unlike other religions like Christianity, Buddhism, and so on. This is because of the belief in Islam that Allah is a transcendental entity and does not exist in a particular physical figure, hence any form of a figure worship is forbidden. Uh, now look around and find the diagram on the wall uh, that traces the lineage of the Muslim prophets. Uh, if you were to take a closer look, all the descendants actually uh, originates from uh, Adam, or Adam as it is pronounced uh, in the Muslim faith. Uh, this is a really interesting piece of uh, religious document. Um, you might want to actually compare it to uh, the various uh, lineages, uh, say, say in the Bible and so on. Now, we are now nearing the end of the tour. Walk out of the sheltered passageway and back into the open area in front of the front facade of the mosque. There are a row of shop houses right opposite the mosque, and these shop houses are used as schooling facilities for the teaching of Quran and so on. The community of this mosque is highly active. The Muslim community in Singapore is a thriving gem of culture, and I hope you have gained a small peek into the vibrancy of this community and its culture. After visiting this monument, you can wander around the streets outside of this mosque and enjoy this unique enclave of Singapore. I hope you have enjoyed this tour. For show notes, the transcript of this tour, or travel directions, visit iluntours.tk. Also, to subscribe to this show, just visit iTunes. 
and please leave a review while you're there. Help spread the word and tell your friends about the show. Thanks. Robinson Hernández con Secar. Avancemos con confianza.